everybody, this is Eric Frank House, episode 43 of the EFP podcast. And uh, this, is a, this is a different episode for me today. We're in 2020. We all know that New Year is a time for change. I just sure as shit didn't expect the one I'm about to do. Uh, I want to talk about living communities today. I love what they are, how they work. Uh, and they've taught me a lot. I've been running one pretty heavily with a friend of mine and a silent partner, so to speak, for the last, Jesus, uh, 18 months, I think, is what it's going on. And we were part of one before that for a year. And I've always been a part of organized play, which is synonymous but different than a living community. So instead of writing everything down, I just want to get into the details and the heart. I do have a bullet point list like normal, but uh, I want to treat this more like I do my panels for conventions. So as always, let's dive into the details. So let's, uh, let's talk about what the topic is today. We're going to be going over what is a living community, how is it different than home games, your, your at-table stuff, personalities, how to handle them, and is a living community right for you? That's a question you have to ask yourself. Of course, we'll have a bumper in here somewhere and a closing like always, but this is a shorter list because I'm going to be speaking a little bit from not just my experience like I usually do, but from the heart. I'm getting ready to go through a big change with our living community, and there are some things I can see being turbulent in the involvement. So... What is a living community? And that's pretty much all the bullet I have for this one. There's a lot to it. Um, And I guess the best reference that I have for people, in the words of of my friend Kelly, a living community is very similar to going to a convention, sitting down to play a game with people you don't know. Sure, maybe a friend joined you on this adventure. Uh, Yeah, maybe you know the GM running. But you don't know the person to your left or right, maybe, and you don't understand how they play. and You really don't know if they enjoy the same things you do. So there's a level of acceptance that you have to have when you sit down. Living community is similar to that. A living community is a group of people who have made an arrangement and an agreement to play games together. Sometimes that's a specific game. Uh, For example, Cypher Unlimited is 3,000 plus people who sit down and will be playing Cypher Unlimited games or Cypher System games for Monty Cook. There are other ones uh, like Adventure League Hall who play D&D 5e and there's ones for Pathfinder. They all abide by the same rule, uh, the same set of rules. Pathfinder would be Pathfinder and maybe they're also using the organized play on on top of it. But the difference with a living community is When you leave that table, you don't leave the people. The people are still there. You still talk and chat and whatever program you're using. For us, it's Discord, and I think for many others it is right now as well. You share problems, you share feelings, and you fight, make up, and you all get along and continue playing. So it has some of your home group elements. Those people are your friends. They are... People that you see more than that person is at your table that maybe you didn't enjoy playing with and you walk away and go, well, I'm going to play with them again. Or maybe you see them one more time at a convention and you decide not to play that game because you didn't like it. 
In a living community, those people are always there. You don't have to sign up to play games with them. Or you can set your mind at a state where you are ready to play with them no matter what. And you learn to enjoy their flaws. The things that, you know, you don't enjoy. And then you also learn to enjoy all the things that they do. Maybe they teach you new things. These are a lot of people you've never met before. Until now. And I learned a lot with a living community. And, and how to handle those things as someone running it as staff. Actually, as the one of the two people who made it in the silent third. There's a lot of things that happen. There are many GMs. Similar again to organized play, those GMs are at different tables running different adventures, scenarios, whatever the name is for the thing you're about to sit down and play. But those same GMs are the same people who run week in and week out. They run because they like being a GM. They run because somebody else couldn't. They run because they just had a simple story idea. And then you can sign up again to play with them. Unlike a convention where you may go and eventually can play with the GM and never see them again. These people are always there. And you learn that sometimes their GMing style isn't for you. And that's great. But don't be mad about it. Because it might be the GM style for other people in your community. See, the thing that's great about a living community is no matter what, you can find something you like to do. And instead of being offended about uh, someone's play style or the way a GM runs something, if you know somebody else in your community likes it, tell them to go play at their table. Let them enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, the point of a living community is to be a group of friends playing a hobby, playing a game, and enjoying time together. And that's the big thing. There's a lot of stuff I can talk about, how, how there is a moving story arc that is the same between table to table. Uh, in our Detroit living city right now, we're doing Shadow Wars. It's about corporations coming back into Detroit, trying to dethrone Ares. And runs do that. Not all of them. Some do. We have one gentleman who runs amazing stories about Taco Temple and crazy magic of the sixth world. And bring some of the most creative NPCs I've seen. And we have other people who run Cthulhu Horror and Shadowrun. Because that's what they want to do right now. But at the end of the day, they're providing games and the hobby for people to play. And a safe place for everyone to play together. And I'm proud of what Detroit has become. And other living communities that do it have the same thing. And then you run into problems. You run into a lot of problems. They, they happen frequently, just like any time you put anywhere between, you know, 10 to 100 to 3,000 people like Cypher into one room. Personalities clash. You got to figure out how to handle them. Not only as staff, not only as moderators, whatever term you want to use, but as a player, as a GM, different personalities don't always mesh well. And then you have a full cast of characters. Like, you're talking everybody has one character. You might be in a living community where people are allowed to have more than one character. And then the rules. The rules people believe need to be balanced to make sure that everyone is playing fairly. Well, I'm going to tell you something that I think is going to be controversial to some, but uh, RPGs are not a fucking competition. <laughs> like we are a role-playing game and we all have heard the r-o-l-e not the r-o-l-l but there it is true the balance is there to make people feel like they're equals like when they sit next to somebody at the table they can do the same thing as the other 
And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that that is true. Um, the goal should be to sit down and have fun playing with the people next to you and enjoy when they're in the spotlight and also when you are in the spotlight. And that is a skill that you know, even veteran players sometimes never learn. But at the end of the day, you leave that table in a living community. You talk about your stories, stories that are shared, and you talk about life and other things. There has to be rules and regulations because you don't want people talking about things that upset people. You know, racial slurs and, and, and the like. Maybe yours is no politics or religion, similar to the all-time classic bar rule. You don't talk about that stuff because it causes fight or flight and uh, no one wants that. But living communities are amazing. What they do is give people a safe place to play games together and enjoy each other's company. And then, like I said, you run into people who are different. It can be a problem. So let's talk about how they are different. How are they different? Well, an at-home game is different than an LC or organized play or convention play. And here's what I see after two years in this, and longer actually, uh, with you know play-by-post and whatnot. A living community is different than your at-home group because everyone wants a different game, but all plays at the same tables. And you see them over and over. And while you play at home, you enter an agreement with, you know, whatever it is, three, four, five, six, maybe seven people. And you can all get to a point where you can polish the way you play together. And you can get people to understand because you have numerous games together. In a living community, if it's large enough, you may not play with the same person more than a couple times a year. And you have to learn when you sit down with new people how to enjoy your time at the table. How to enjoy what you want to do, what the GM wants to do. And what the other players have. There's a lot more transparency that has to happen in a living community than at your home table. Similar to organized play, you have to say this is the goal of the session for the day and what we are trying to accomplish. Granted, maybe you get to sit down at a table and organize play or at a living community because they are similar and you get a lot of the same people. Now, you get to play a little bit of a different game. What living communities do is give you the ability to learn and grow at a pl- as a player or a GM at a rapid rate. If you're willing to learn. If you aren't willing to learn, it's not going to do you any good. If you're not willing to grow and accept things that are happening and have actual conversations and work through problems like a relationship, a living community can be very difficult. And we've run into that stuff in our community, and we've handled it, what I think is pretty well. Um, In our two years, we've not had a lot of people leave, and when they do, most of the time it's because they decided a living community isn't for them. Sometimes someone isn't a fit. At your home table, when someone's not a fit, you replace that person. And the only people affected are you and the other people at the table. In a living community, when someone doesn't work and they leave, You're affecting a group of people who all talk and chat and hang out every day. They check in in the morning. They check in at night. They see how they're doing. They know when people pass. They know when you're having a hard time. They know everything. And when they know everything, when one person leaves, it ripples. That classic rock in a pond. And that is difficult. I think that, for me, is the hardest part of a community. 
of a living community. So for those who know me, I recently um, shifted my home group. I was no longer happy after 10 years of playing in a game. I know this sounds like a divorce, and it feels like a divorce. And we separated, and we rebuilt, and people play games. And now I play some of those games with one people, some people, some are in the living community, some are in my Patreon game, and some play at conventions with me. Some will come back when I start a new game, and so on. Because I can pick the personalities at my home table to make sure they get along and they fit the style of play that I am looking for at my home. In a living community, you don't get to do that. People sign up and you cannot have some people join, but what you never know is if they're all going to get along. You don't get to pick the people at your table. What you do get to pick is if you're going to have fun. And it has taught me to enjoy more style of uh, gaming than I ever have before. It's kind of it's kind of fucking crazy. So a living community is more than gaming. A living community is building a group of people that you like to hang out with regularly, daily. Having somebody at 3 a.m. when you can't sleep and something you do because you're having a bad month. It's important, and it's different than home games. They don't walk away. The people are always there. They have your back. <laughs> Man, I'm making it sound like a gang. Living communities are gangs. No, I'm kidding. Living communities are a group of people who who enjoy time together. And that's it. Tell a story, play games, and enjoy it together. But there's more. Because isn't there always? I don't ever just give you the little bit. Living communities are different than home games because everyone needs to play the same game mechanically to a point. Um, or so they think they do. And what I have recently learned is that doesn't have to happen if the players and the GMs are willing to accept that table to table is different. Every table you sit down at is a new home game, is a new way of playing. And you find the people you like to play with, you find the GMs you like to play with, and those are the games you sign up for. But when that's done, you get to talk to everybody about your games. So now let's talk about personalities because I think... This is the part that is the hardest. Personalities in a living community. Yeah, this is, uh, you're going to hear this book sit down, but it's okay. So personalities in a living community are everything and nothing. Um, I have learned that no two people are alike through my years as a bodyguard, as a designer, as a human. And you learn to enjoy the personalities of the people who you decide to keep around you. Well, in a living community, you don't always get to do that. You do have the option to not engage with those people if they bother you. But you do have to step back and see the macro. And this is a talent, a skill. You hone it. You have to step back and see the macro and understand that other people are enjoying the company of that person. Even if you fucking aren't. That's hard, man. Like, you want everyone to think like you, be like you, but they're not. Even if that's not what you think you're doing, it is. We all do it. And we've run into that in our community, from people who like to really build powerful characters, to people who want more roleplay than others, to those that think uh, runs and Shadowrun are too deadly, uh, to mistakes at the table and people feeling it wasn't a mistake. I, I've learned that personalities all are different, but everyone wants one thing want to have fun. 
They want to enjoy what they're doing. And unless somebody is egregiously abusing somebody verbally and smashing on them and calling them horrible things or um, actually attacking them, because they don't agree with you doesn't mean they're trying to hurt you. If I hear the word fair one more time, not even in life, but in a tabletop RPG, someone saying that's not fair, my answer is going to be shit isn't fair. The difference is, are you okay with it? And can you just uh, realize that's not for you? Sometimes not being fair means it's just not your cup of tea. Make a cup of coffee. I have to say that being in living communities, doing organized play, playing at conventions has helped me learn to deal with personalities very differently. So as a bodyguard, uh, my job was to identify what people what people wanted before they wanted it, to see danger before it could be dangerous, to uh, understand the needs and desires of people around me to make sure that my client was safe. And tabletop RPGs are the same, especially from the GM side of the screen. Your job is to identify the people on the other side, their needs, their desires, and give them the game it is enjoyable. A player does the same thing. They look to the left and the right and across the table, watch the players, and see what makes them happy, that makes them tick. If it's limelight, you give them limelight. If it's combat, you help them with combat. In a living community, it's more. Because when you walk away from the table and they're still there and you're having conversations and it switches, there is what I have been calling recently the bleed between in-character and out-of-character. It happens at conventions, but you walk away and never see that person again, and you're like, fuck it. Personalities clash at tables in a living community. Have it be in-character roleplay, out-of-character conversation, talks about cars. The thing you have to learn to do is appreciate someone's opinion, even if you don't agree, and walk away. You don't have to be rude. You just tell them, all right, we are not agreeing on this. And that is okay. Because I still like you. So I'm going to walk away and we can talk about something later. Or if it's not that big of a deal and you address it right away, change the topic. Say, all right, let's change the topic. We are fighting. We don't have to see eye to eye. Gamers have this inherent, I know flaw. I'm going to say flaw. People are going to be mad. But inherent flaw where we have to win when we have arguments and conversations, we have to one-up the person across from us instead of just appreciating the opinion of someone else. It reminds me of uh, political conversations and arguments a lot. There's no reason. It doesn't do any good. In a living community, unlike home and a convention, you don't get to walk away. Instead, you have to learn how to get along. And I have learned that enjoying what they do does that. So I'm going to speak specifically about something. Our living community... Detroit Living City, is about community and story over rules in a game that is strictly and almost always about rules because the rules aren't made well. Any Shadowrun player will tell you they love the system, even though the system is flawed. They love their flawed lover. They like that it is bad. And I don't think that I do. <laughs> I want it to be good, and we've been trying to repair it and fix it, and it's not doable. And we have people in our community that are really good at finding flaws in the rules. And we've used that as a way to rebuild our rules. These personalities have this ability to just drill out the inherent holes and find those. And we've used it to repair. But it can cause conflict because I think we're trying to tamp them down and really we're just trying to make sure that the game runs. 
These personalities are helpful. It's like a job. In a job, you put people at the task they're good at. Because you put them at the task they're bad at, you're setting them up for failure. Learning personalities is part of a living community. It should be part of your life in general. You'll be much happier. Never assume that you know what somebody wants. Always ask. Never assume you know what they mean, especially with text. In a living community, it's text 80% of the time until you're at the table. Ask. Ask what they mean. What do you mean? Because if English isn't their first language, or they're not a good typer, or they're typing from their phone and the iPhone decides to change words, you never know what they mean. They may not even look back at it and realize that they've offended you. If you're confused, it is your job to ask questions. That's how you learn personalities. That's how you learn who people are. That's, that's, my, that's my thing about personalities in the living community. You got to learn. So let's move on to the next one. And all this may sound bad, but we're going to get to why I'm involved really soon. Magic and Monsters, Marks of Men is now available on Patreon. From award-winning game master Eric Frankhaus comes a new 5th edition setting of High Magic. Learn more at patreon.com forward slash Eric Frankhaus presents. Stay a while and listen. Hands down, still my favorite bumper of all time. Thank you, Drew. Uh, Andrew Stanton is an amazing friend of mine, a voice actor, actor. You can find him in horror shows such as, or movies such as Clown Town, and uh, currently on a podcast. Law, actual play for 5th edition where they play a bunch of tieflings called Demon Days. So let's, uh, let's actually talk about if it's right for you. If a living city works for you. So all this stuff I've talked about is the nuances of a living city and, and how they function and what you can expect and if they work and if they don't work and so on. There's a reason I talked about that. I love being a part of a living city. I like it more than organized play. I know I can play at the same people. I know I can always find a game within that week, sometimes a day. I know there are people who are just as hungry to tell a story and be involved as in story as I am. They're having a day trying to figure out rules, they are there for that. There's a discussion about character design, they're there for that. Stepping back and looking at a living community, literally looking at the Discord channel and what we have and what we've accomplished is... Fantastic. I've learned that uh, let's say I want to play an off game and it's not Shadowrun. I can ask people. We will. I also know that we're not there just for Shadowrun. All these people are here together because they're friends. Because we play games together. If you are looking for a way to quickly build camaraderie between people who like the same hobby as you and more, a living community is probably right for you. Yes, there's transparency and, and rules you have to follow, and you all have to be on the same page, and there's a, an agreement between one another on what you're about to do. But all of that just builds a stronger bond between your community. Community is something that is a word that is abused nowadays, and it is used as a marketing term. When someone is an influencer and they say, yeah, I, I have like a, you know, 250,000 community of people who are with me and uh, they look at the stuff I do, that is not a community. 
those are maybe fans or something else. When you are in a living community, that is a community. You are there for each other, doing stuff, running games for free, playing games, talking about things. It is an actual community, a tribe of people. It's not a bunch of people who follow a fucking influencer. It's not even, it's not a bunch of people who listen to the same podcast. It's people who interact with each other on a daily basis. And you have to be thoughtful and choose your words carefully. And not because you're going to offend somebody. It's because you should respect who they are and not be a dick. Wheaton's Law makes sense. You may not like the man, but don't be a dick is powerful. And honestly, it makes a lot of fucking sense. So if a living community is right for you, here's what I would tell you to ask yourself. Do you want games to play? Are you looking to make new friends? Are you willing to grow as a human, as a person? Are you willing to grow as a player or a GM? Are you looking for great stories and memories that happen more frequently than those two to four or maybe one convention you go to a year? Do you want more than a home game? Do you want to try new things out? Do you want to see if your home game is going the way you want? Because there's nothing better than a good perspective than to get a new one. And a new perspective is easy to get in a living community. Are you interested in playing the game that they're playing? Is it something you don't play at your home group? Maybe they don't want to play, you know, Apocalypse Ponies, but that living community does. Do you like talking to people? I mean, this is what this community is. It's like having a bar that you don't pay for. I can't recommend being a part of a living community more than this podcast. And this may not be my most popular podcast, but I'm doing this to put it out because living communities are work. And it's some of the best work that I've done. I'm proud of it. Even with changes, uh, rules, fights, arguments, I've made better friendships there with my friends like Alan and Jack and Ryan, Kelly, and I could just keep going. Mo, I know these people now. I can rely on them. Even if things aren't good. And right now, our community is going through growth. We have new people, and it's caused growing pains. But I know that the living community is for me because I like to face those head-on, talk to my community, make changes when needed, and hope that they stick along for the ride. And here's the thing. If someone leaves because they don't like the ride anymore, maybe they don't want to play the game you're playing, it doesn't mean they're not your friend. You can keep talking to them when they go. Parting can be... Kind of sweet sorrow. Living community is for me because I like my hobby. And there are 50 other people here who like the hobby as well. Not just the game. So in closing... (laughs) I can't recommend it more. I give it a shot. Even if you don't like it for a long time frame, leave. But have the common courtesy of telling them why you're leaving. You have to remember you're dealing with a lot of personalities. And if you leave a living community, if you don't tell them how and why you're leaving, they'll take personal offense. Because it's like a close friend leaving, even if you weren't that close yet. They take responsibility for what happens. And if you're running a living community, I urge you to step back and look at what you've done. Um, as a player, how you've involved and what you've built, the stories. 
and as a GM, how you've encouraged people to come out of their shells or to try new things, and as staff, what you've done and created and how you're managing it. Make sure you're managing it for you. Uh, make sure you're still enjoying it. As soon as your living community becomes unfun for you, you have to take a, a step back and look. And I'm going to say this, and I don't know if these two people listen, but the two people who ran Emerald Grid for Shadowrun, they had some tough stuff to face, and we went and made our own. And I have learned as well why Shadowrun is a very difficult system to run. It's not the community. It's the game. And a living community should be enjoyable, and, and, and you should want to do it, and you should not... You should not dread waking up and looking at all the messages that are in your inbox because they're not cool things about stories. They're problems. And those problems are either you, a community member, but 99% of the time, it's communication. So that's it for EFP. This is a very different podcast um, for me. I did this one because it's a personal one that strikes home. And hopefully you glean some ideas out of this on how to handle things. If you're part of an organized play or a living community, call into the show. Let me know what it is that you do uh, and how you get enjoyment out of yours. I look to people like Cypher Unlimited and the Adventure Leagues Hall and the Pathfinder groups and the people at Paizo who run organized play all the time. And I give you a salute because it's not easy, but man, does it fulfill something. So that's it for me from EFP. Uh, the next topic we're going to be talking about something personal, but hella fun. Enjoy the new year. And like always, everyone, watch, listen, learn, be a better game all.